to the Mariners cast presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is Monday, January 29th, 2024. Uh, we are coming to you to discuss the Dylan Cease rumors that came up over the weekend. Dylan Cease is a right-handed starting pitcher uh, currently under contract with the Chicago White Sox. We'll address the cease rumors. We'll address a couple other players I find interesting for the Mariners that are currently Chicago White Sox players that might help. Um, and then the idea of trading away a uh, a young starting pitcher in order to acquire cease and why that might make sense for the Mariners. So let's get started. It came out over the weekend that I guess it was probably Friday that uh, according to USA Today's Bob Nightingale, that the Mariners have begun discussing a trade for right-hander Dylan Cease with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Nightingale suggests that the White Sox are seeking a package centered around one of Bryce Miller or Brian Wu, uh, Seattle's pair of cost-controlled right-handed starters. According to Nightingale, there are no indications that a deal is particularly close or even likely with Nightingale noting that the White Sox appear likely to retain Cease through the start of the 24th season if a deal with Seattle doesn't come together. So the first question that needs to be answered is, who is Dylan Cease? And why is it worth to take on, worth it to the Mariners to take on a starter who is uh, more expensive and closer to free agency than uh, Brian Wu or Bryce Miller? Dylan Cease is 28 years old. He's 6'2", 195 pounds, right-handed starter, fairly slightly built. Uh, if you've watched him start, you see that he's a pretty smaller dude that that throws gas, um, kind of, you know, Sonny Gray's a little smaller, but reminiscent of that type of, of size and build. His salary for 24 is $8 million. He is arbitration eligible for his last year of arbitration in 2025, and then he becomes a free agent in 2026. Last season, Dylan Cease went 7-9 and nine with a 4.58 ERA. He threw 177 innings. He struck out 214 batters, but had a bloated whip of 1.42. So previously, I believe Cease was finished third in the AL Cy Young voting in 22. Uh, he was coming off a season in 22 where he went 14 and eight with a 2-2-0 ERA in 184 innings, 126 hits, 78 walks, 227 strikeouts, and a 1.11 whip. Um, obviously, he would carry a higher trade value if that's what he did in 23. But in some ways, there wasn't a ton of change in Dylan Cease from 22 to 23. His batting average of balls in play in 23 was 330, which is almost 40 points higher than league average. Uh, in 22, it was 260, which is below league average. So you're talking about a 70-point difference in batting average of balls in play from year to year. That is definitely going to impact your whip and definitely going to impact your ERA. Left on base, in 23, it was 69.4%, which is lower than league average. So his strand rate... He did not strand as many runners as league average, whereas in 22, it was 82.3%, which is 
on the high side, but for a pitcher that strikes out as many hitters as Dylan Cease does, you can expect that left on base percentage to be higher than league average. So what we saw from him in 22, when he had a 2.20 ERA over 184 innings is probably a touch of good luck, but much of it is skill in his ability to strike hitters out and not surrender hits. Whereas in 23, he had quite a bit of bad luck um, that created a seven and nine season with a four, five, eight ERA. His walk rate in uh, 23 actually went down 0.3% down to 10.1%. His strikeout rate went down 3.1% from 30.4 to 27.3. That's still on the high side for major league starters, but it is something to that I wanted to dig into. So as I dug into why his strikeout rate might have reduced, what I found was that his he did lose 1.2 miles an hour off of his uh, average four-seam fastball. His slider did lose a little bit of velocity as well. So there's a little bit of a velocity hit on the fastball and slider, and those are his two major usage pitches. You're talking about, about 80% of his pitches as fastball and slider. So – the stuff is still incredibly dynamic, but it wasn't quite the same in 23 as it was in 22. Uh, and I think that is probably the the easiest place to point to as far as why his strikeout rate came down slightly. Swinging strike rate went down 1.4%, but it was still 30 or 13.6% last season. His whiff rate was down 2.2% over 2022, but it was still 31%. His chase went down 3.1%. His zone contact went up almost 5%. So all of those things point to a, a slightly lesser pitcher in 23 than it was than he was in 22. But interestingly, his chase contact, so the hitter's ability to make contact on pitches that they swing out outside of the zone, actually went up or went down, excuse me, 5.9%. So it was harder hitters did a poor job hitting pitches outside of the zone against Dylan Cease in 23. So whether that's a difference in approach from Cease or try attempting to make strike or balls look like strikes a little more. Um, I'm not sure why that chase contact went down as much as it did, but that is a good sign for a pitcher uh, versus lefties last season. 268 average, 336 on base, 461 slug, a 797 uh, OPS against lefties, which is not good, is not an elite number. Versus righties, 230, 328, 344 with a 672 OPS, much better. He did shift his usage slightly in 23. He threw 43.2% fastballs that led in 22, he actually led with the slider with 42.9% slider. Uh, whiff rate on the four seam, it was 20.5%. On the slider, it's 43%. He threw 15% curveballs to a 25% whiff rate and then sprinkled in 3% changeup. In 22, he was more slider heavy, as I said, 43% whiff on the slider. So very exact same whiff rate in 22 as it was in 23. 23.2% whiff rate on the fastball. That went down slightly this year. And then um, a 28% whiff rate on the curve. So 
you put together all of these numbers that I just read. And I think he had some bad luck last season. I know for sure he had some poor defense played behind him. The White Sox defense last year was pretty bad. He had some batting average of balls in play and left on base percentage. Um, Bad luck last season versus the good luck in 2022. The Strikeout rate, the swinging strike rate, the whiff rate, they all went in the wrong direction, as did his velocity. But the stuff is still there. This is We're still talking about premium stuff. I know I talked about a, a reduction in stuff from 22 to 23, but the stuff, even that he came to the table with in 23, is absolutely elite. So if the Mariners were to acquire Cease, I think the Mariners would probably – ditch i'm guessing they would ditch the curveball curveball uses 15 percent of the time um was not a successful pitch for him last year 298 average 538 slug against mariners tend to do away with curveballs i think philosophically so you saw logan gilbert had a big looping curveball for a while george kirby did as well you don't see them throw it often i think you would see the Mariners take an arm as dynamic as cease and potentially add that two seam or slider that you saw them do with uh, almost all of their pitchers last season. So Kirby, huge part of his success, right? Adding, adding that, uh, that sinker, excuse me, two seam or sinker. You saw Bryce Harper or Bryce Harper, Bryce Miller do it. You saw Brian Wu do it. And what I think it would do for Dylan Cease is, and for the Mariners, is you're now looking at a pitcher, the quality of Luis Castillo and George Kirby. And I honestly think it might might be instantaneous the minute he steps foot into the Mariners organization because he has that quality of arm, right? When you think of the quality of arm of a Luis Castillo and of a George Kirby, that's what Dylan Cease is. And the White Sox are a terrible uh, player development organization. I think both hitters and pitchers, you know, what they've squandered with a Michael Kopech, what they squandered with a Lucas Giolito, you know, these are dynamic arms as well that they haven't been able to do anything with. And Cease, to his credit, was great in 22. But we all know the Mariners know exactly what to do with an arm like a Dylan Cease it's not a bat. It's building on a strength. I get it. I get all those things. I know people are going to say, if you trade away a, a Miller or a Wu for a cease, you are, you're not addressing the issue, right? Cause the issue is the Mariners are a bat or too short, but are the Mariners better in 2024? If they trade Brian Wu or Bryce Miller for Dylan cease. And I think the answer is unequivocally. Yes. Here's a guy who went 184 innings in 22 and 177 innings in 23. We think we can get those that number of innings from Bryce Miller or Brian Wu, but we don't know that for sure yet. Certainly with Wu, he's close enough to his Tommy John surgery and has thrown few enough innings in professional baseball to have some worries still as to whether he's going to be dur- durable enough. And with Miller, I certainly think Miller can. I think he's shown, you know, quite a bit of durability, especially last season. But if we're being honest here, 
as much as Bryce Miller and we love Bryce Miller and Brian Wu as much as, as exciting as they were in 24, do they have the ability to become Dylan Cease? And I think the answer is, you know, there might be a, a 90th or a hundredth percentile outcome for one of those two to become Cease. We don't know which one that would be, but if you're able to deal one of those guys and maybe a prospect as well in return for Dylan Cease, you do it and you almost do it um, outside of the need for a bat. I would be incredibly excited and I'm on record as absolutely loving both Bryce Miller and Brian Wu. But I think sometimes the way, especially as a fan, you become attached to a player because you enjoy them, right? Because you enjoy the personality, you enjoy the antics on the mound. You might enjoy specific pitches of those players. You get to know them over the course of 162 games, right? Bryce Miller is, is such a personality, but you're talking about a pitcher in cease that finished in the top three in AL Cy Young. And that's just not, you don't grow those on trees, right? Imagine adding another Castillo or another Kirby to this rotation. I think when you can get better, you do it. And it's not conventional. I don't think it's what people expected, right? When we're, when we came into the off season, but if he's available for, you know, say it's, say it's, let's say it's, say it's Bryce Miller or, or Brian. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to look at those two as equivalents. It's one of those two plus, a middle to lower level or middle to lower kind of middle top 10 Mariners prospect. Do I want to give up Cole Young? No. Cole Young is, he's obviously in some circles, the top Mariners prospect. I think the one prospect I would not give up is Colt Emerson. I think he is the best Mariners prospect as of right now, but would you give up Bryce Young and or Bryce Miller and Cole Young? You might think about it, and I'll tell you why uh, in a little bit. Do you give up Bryce Miller and, say, a Jonathan Classe? Absolutely. Do you give up Bryce Young and Gabriel Gonzalez? Probably. Bryce Miller, sorry, I keep saying Bryce Young is still football season. Bryce Miller and Lazaro Montes, I think you have to think long and hard about trading Montes, but it's something that you might consider. Do you give up Bryce Miller and Emerson Hancock? Maybe. Do you give up Hancock? Maybe it's Hancock and Cole Young, right? Um, at that point in time, that's a, I think that's a no-brainer. That's an absolute no-brainer if, if Emerson Hancock is the pitcher you're giving up. But point is, if you can trade for a Dylan Cease without creating a huge hole in your organization or giving up a prospect hall that depletes, you know, your top five, I think you have to do it, right? Like, He's being paid $8 million this year. He's arbitration eligible in, in 25. That number is certainly going to go up. And he's a free agent in 26. But you get two years of a pitcher, the quality of a Luis Castillo or a George Kirby in exchange for, you know, the five years left on Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. And I think Miller and Wu, as much as we want to see them succeed, are still unknowns. I would do it 10 out of 10 times. And I don't really care which one it is, Wu or Miller. I understand they're very different pitchers. I understand some people see a little more upside in Wu. Um, I like them both. 
I think there's more upside with Wu. I think there's more durability with Miller. So pick which one you want to deal. And any of the prospects not named Colt Emerson or Lazaro Montes, I think should be on the table. I would be reticent to to deal Felon and Celestan as well. But um, if that's the player that puts this deal over the top, you better put him in there because he's 17 years old. All right. So we got done with Cease. I think Cease is would be incredible on this team. Um, you're talking about 180 innings, 220 strikeouts. I think with the Mariners and their pitching lab, likely a 1-1, 1.2 ERA, uh, probably a mid-threes to low threes, or excuse me, 1.1 to 1.2 whip, a low to mid-threes ERA, um, the top-end result of a Bryce Miller or Brian Wu healthy season but you're almost guaranteed that with the pitcher, the quality of Dylan Cease. Again, I think they would tweak his repertoire a little bit. I think you add a two-seam fastball or a sinker. Maybe they play around with the split. But this Mariners rotation, I think as it stands now, is the best rotation in baseball, and I think it becomes absolutely death to opposing teams if you were to add a Dylan Cease. So we're done with Cease. We know he's fastball slider heavy about 80% of the time. The other time, it's like 15% curve, maybe a little bit of change up here and there. I expect the Mariners to tweak it, but he has one of the most dynamic arms in baseball. So we've gone over those guys. What else would the Mariners be looking at? What else would make sense for this Mariners team? Um, The Mariners are at around, according to roster resource at least, current payroll is $129 million. Projected cap is $140. Uh, Jerry DePoto has gone on record saying that we might go over 140 a little bit. Let's say you go, you can go over 5 million or so, 145. That would leave the Mariners 16 million. Let's just take that $16 million number. You subtract the eight from Cease, you got eight left. First player, player that makes the most sense to me, a player that I've loved um, fantasy wise uh, for a long time did not become the player that we all thought he would be is Yohan Moncada. He is their third baseman. He's a switch hitter, 28 years old, 6'2", 225. He's paid $14 million in 24 and has a club option for 25. I think the Mariners, if they were to trade for both Moncada, first of all, I think the White Sox are looking to dump Moncada because of his salary. I also, because they're in a huge rebuild, especially if they trade away cease, there's no reason for them to keep him. I also think the White Sox would be willing to cover a portion of his 24 salary. So if you've got 16 million left, maybe you ask the White Sox to split the Moncada salary in half. You're paying him seven. You're paying Cease eight. And you go from 129 to 144. Now, why would the Mariners take on Yohan Moncada as well? Last season, he hit 260, 305, 425 slug. 730 OPS. He was injured for a part of it. 357 plate appearances, 11 home runs. He doesn't run anymore. He was seen as a uh, power speed guy coming up. Number one prospect in the game with the Red Sox. He does not run. He gets hurt way too often. He does not run. His 5.6% walk rate last season was uncharacteristically low for him. I think he really changed his approach and he was trying to impact the ball. His 30% K rate is very high. Did not did not show the 30% K rate in the past as well. 
He was good for 98 WRC plus 1.2 fan graphs war. Much of it was defensively. And he did have a 350 BABIP. So you say, okay, Tino, why does Yohan Moncada make sense? If he had a 730 OPS, he's always hurt. Walk rate goes down. K rate goes up. In the second half of the season, as he got healthier, he hit 281, 324, 484 slug, and a 788 OPS, which is closer to what I think his true talent is. Versus right-handers last season as a whole, he hit 284, 324, 448 with a 772 OPS. So he's more effective against right-handed pitching. He had a very good second half. He graded out as a a zero outs above average, but I believe he's a better defender than that. He has shown that he's a better defender than that over time. So he shifted his approach last season. The walk rate went down 10 plus percent bail rate, 10.1% bail rate, which is 65th percentile in baseball. He pulls the ball. He hits right-handers well. Um, I think he'd be a really nice addition to this Mariners team. Um, You put Moncada, in at third, especially against right-handed pitching. And all of a sudden, your lineup is a lot deeper. He's not Jorge Polanco, not quite. And I've, I've, as you know, I've couched for Polanco quite a bit. But you put Moncada in, say, the six hole, right? Even the seven hole. And now you're in a situation where you can play Rojas against righties at second. And Luis Urias is moving around, helping out given days off all over the place. Um, Moncada also gets hurt a lot. And so you have ins- good insurance in, in, um, in Urias. Against lefties, you probably, you may play him and then play Urias at second. You could also sit him at times if you're going to try to work Haggerty or Dylan Moore into that lineup. But I think he makes a ton of sense. Uh, he's more of a threat to hit the long ball than Rojas is. Um, I just... I just, I really believe that, that Moncada would be a huge addition. I know it's hard for him to stay healthy. I totally get it. Um, But the talent is there. He upgrades the talent on this. So to recap so far, if the Mariners can get the White Sox to take on a portion of Moncada's salary, which I believe they could, you're talking about pressing up against 145, uh, 145 million, but you're acquiring Dylan Cease and Yuan Moncada probably again for the same package I talked about. One of Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, maybe a Hancock, but if it's Hancock, you're giving up a higher level hitting prospect plus a hitting prospect. Again, likely a top five hitting prospect, a Gabriel Gonzalez, a Jonathan Classe, a uh, maybe even a Cole Young, but that's worth it to me. And I think if you take on Moncada's salary as well, or a portion of Moncada's salary as well, you probably can give up a lesser prospect in return. Two other hitters of note that I think could help the Mariners don't make, Elor Jimenez doesn't make a ton of sense because Mitch Garver is already there in a DH capacity, but, and, and Elor Jimenez has not been, um, has not been a stalwart of health, I guess, over the course of his career. But he's a good hitter, and he produces results when he's healthy. When he's healthy is the important uh, the important caveat. 
Last season, 272, 317, 441 slug, 758 OPS. He's paid $7.2 million last season or this season. He's got club options for 25 and 26. He is 27 years old, 6'4", 240. I'm guessing he's closer to 260. Uh, 105 WRC plus. He hits the ball really hard. He just hits it on the ground, on the ground a ton, 53.2% ground ball rate. You've heard me say it a number of times. Like if he can just elevate a little more, he'd be a much different hitter, but no real platoon split to speak of very threatening hitter in that he can hit anything. He can hit a ball out of any park imposing figure, uh, but he would be a DH and maybe a little bit of outfield. And so he doesn't fit the Mariners in that sense. 14, only 14 of his 120 games played last season were in the outfield. So as much as I'd like to add a bat, the talent of an Eloy Jimenez, I don't think that's a fit because of the signing of Mitch Garver. The last player I'd like to highlight on the White Sox that I could see included in a trade with a Dylan Cease is Oscar Colas. He is 25 years old, left-handed hitting corner outfielder, 6'1", 209. Uh, Cuban played some in Japan before he came to the States, uh, was signed by the White Sox, had a 263 plate appearances in the majors last season, did not perform well, 216, 257, 314, triple slash. But in AAA, closer to what I think you might expect from him in his prime, 272, 345, 465 slug, 810 OPS. This was in AAA. 238 plate appearances, nine home runs. Um, has pedigree, is a pretty good defensive outfielder, doesn't have a ton of range, has an incredible arm, was seen as a two-way player at times. So I think he's a 20-ish home run hitter with a lower OBP and plays a good corner outfield. My question is, if he costs you something to acquire, how much better is he than giving those plate appearances to a dominant Canzone or a... Cade Marlowe, I'd say not a huge upgrade. So where this leaves us is the Mariners trading away potentially, you know, just thinking about it based on what Bob Nightingale said is trading a Bryce Miller or Brian Wu plus some form of prospect, whether that might be Emerson Hancock, um, that might be, as I said, could be a Cole Young, but you'd be asking for more in return. Uh, I don't think they're trading Colt Emerson. It could be like Ty Pete, Michael Arroyo, Felden Celestin, those types of players. Um, Gabriel Gonzalez, Lazaro Montes, those are the names you might hear. And what that would bring in return is a George Kirby, Luis Castillo caliber pitcher, controlled, team-controlled, for the next two years. And if they were to ask for a player like Moncada, a third baseman who plays an above average defensive third base has the power potential to hit 20 ish home runs and is better against right-handed pitching. I love it. I think Moncada, again, he's 28. He's kind of just on the other side of his physical prime, but I think there are still a few good years in you on Moncada. And again, Dylan Cease is like acquiring a Castillo or a Kirby. I know his results didn't say that last season, but that pitcher is in there. And the, and the White Sox ability to teach or not teach pitching is 
pretty, pretty bad. Um, and then just to reference, you know, the kind of talent that Moncada has when he can play a full season in 19, in 559 plate appearances, 25 homers, 367 OBP and a 548 slug. He's or OPS. He he slugged 915 in 2019. His OPS in 2021 was 787. 14 homers. He had 263, 375 on base percentage, 412 slug. He's a player that can walk. He's a player that can hit home runs. He just needs to stay healthy. And so I don't know. I would be super excited. I think this is the kind of move that really upgrades the Mariners. I would hate to see the personality and the player of a Brian Wu or Bryce Miller um, dealt. But I think if you can bring in a pitcher the caliber of Dylan Cease, you do. So that's my take on this rumor. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, this would be a win now sort of move that that the fans have been calling for. I wonder how it would be received uh, by the fan base. My guess is negatively because everything is received negatively right now. But I, for one, would be super excited to watch uh, a rotation of Luis Castillo, George Kirby, Dylan Cease, Logan Gilbert, and one of the two guys who wasn't traded. Super excited. And the addition of Moncada would, would kind of be the icing on the cake for me. Thank you for listening to today's Mariners cast. Once again, we are presented to you by Sports Ethos. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Take care, y'all. Enjoy your Monday. Good talking with you. Peace.